heart, you will always go seeking. Ready or not, here you come in to meet me. You fight for my heart and you give me the victory. Amen, you Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this special Advent Presence for Christmas edition of Ignite Radio Live. Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio, you are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. And once again, we are so blessed to be with you. And just two real quick things. One, we want to invite you to the last presents for Christmas this Wednesday, December 16th, St. Joan of Arc Church here in Toledo, 6.30 p.m. Um, as Christmas approaches. And if you haven't done much for Advent or feeling kind of whatever, just dive right in there. Just, you know, come and prepare your hearts for the King. Um, And two, again, we rely so much on people's generosity, and we ask you to consider, especially as the end of the year approaches, um, supporting our ministry. You can go to massimpact.us and click the donate button. We just keep coming back to family, family, family. And that's where the difference is going to be made. That's where the importance lies, right? And so that's what our mission is all about. You can check out more at ilovemyfamily.us. With no further ado, we're going to go straight away to our second week of Presents for Christmas. Come to the river, come to the river, taste it. Good evening, everybody. 
How many of you experiencing something like streams of living water? And if not that, we'll go for a trickle of living water. How many believe in streams of living water? And if you guys like me, like the woods, and have you been in the woods where there's a rapids and uh, the oxygen is, just consumes you and you feel intoxicated, right? And those streams... I think are an image of what Christ meant when he encountered the woman at the well, or rather she encountered him. That if you picture our souls as maybe the banks, right? The, the, uh, the, what forms where the streams go through, there's debris, there's stuff. Each of us here tonight, it's going to be a little different. Maybe it's some regret, anxiety from things happening the past day or week or month. Just debris, just stuff. Just imagine that it's clinging to the side banks and that water's not flowing yet. And suddenly, from out of nowhere, you hear it in the distance, the, the roar of this violent but loving rapids moves through and just comes in with a torrent. And imagine it just keeps going by this stuff that's clinging to the side of our souls and just takes on a force. And, you know, we try to cling on as much as we can, but if we allow it to keep flowing, it eases it off the side and it carries away the debris, the junk, the anxiety. You know what I'm talking about. I believe that's an image of what God is doing with his people and what he wants to do tonight. I want to proclaim something because in prayer and being ministered to by the Cruz family, just so blessed by this family that lifts up God. They're not singers in a performance way. They are lovers of God expressed in music. They connect with what it says in Revelations that that's what we are destined for, to be flooded with streams of living water returning from God and returning it to him in praise. That's what I experience from your beautiful hearts. And that's what God wants to do with us. So the proclamation is you are not summoned tonight by an annoying email from Greg Schleter or a text hitting you 10,000 times. You're nodding your head back there. You get a lot of emails from me? You are summoned by the living God. I, I want to proclaim that, that God himself, the author of all creation, it says in Colossians, in whom our existence is held in being, summoned you here tonight. So those streams of living water he wants to flood us with will carry away the stuff. How many of us have some stuff we know we'd love to just be taken away? Wonderful. Even raising your hand is an agreement. It's saying, God, do your thing. And some of us may be, I don't know if I even want to believe in God. Too much is going on in my life. And you're in the right place, too. Just say, yes, Lord. If you're up there anywhere, just, yes, Lord. I'm glad you're here tonight. How many of you have ever been lost in the woods? I have. I want to tell you a brief story, and then we're going to introduce my beautiful wife, who is our speaker tonight and the second stop of the three-stop journey. When I was in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, where I grew up, my best friend John Miller lived across the street, and he said, hey, Greg, my parents are going into the wherever woods, and they're going to get some, chop some firewood, which is what they did in the olden days, although some of you I know are rugged and do that anyways. Yeah, I was maybe 12, and John was 12, and we got to the site. It was fairly early morning. They didn't need us right away, so we could go play, which for us meant in this vast woods, just keep walking and walking. And at some point, it was high noon, and we were lost. Like, we had no idea where we were going. It got a little scary after a while, because we may have been miles in, and this is a vast forest place in Wisconsin. 
you know, we, the, as the sun continued to go down, it was helpful to us because we knew that we came from the east because the sun was rising when we went in. And so we knew that where the sun was going, we could kind of imagine a direction. And that sun is a point of reference in this vast wilderness helped us to recognize where we were relative to where the sun was so that we knew how to get where we were meant to be going. Do you get where I'm going? The Son of God is for us right now in the wilderness that we're in. That reference point that helps us know who we are and where we are relative to him so we can get where we need to be going. And tonight he's going to, if we, if we let him, fill us with a sense of his presence so we know where we're at. In this life, whatever struggle, marriage, family, work, world, whatever struggles we're facing, God wants to reawaken us to our very nature as temples of his Holy Spirit. And you're going to experience, as we'll introduce later, this thing on the altar. We call it a monstrance. It actually looks like a sun. So think of that tonight. Think of that as the point of reference of Jesus who wants to awaken us to who we are in him and lead us out of the wilderness. So three stops. Last week we had the first joyful mystery, which is the angel appears to Mary. And her response, even though it didn't make sense to her, she said, fiat, be it done unto me as you have said. So it was personal encounter. Tonight, she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth. She acts promptly. Tonight is about family encounter or family presence. And then next week, we'll have Dan Demete with us, the founder of uh, Damascus, CYSC, who's going to talk about the kingdom. So we're so glad that you are with us on this journey and going deeper and receiving those streams of living water, that anointing that's going to orient us to Christ alive in our hearts, that no matter where we're at on this planet, we will always know we are in a firm foundation of Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, you are good, and you made us for yourself. You made our souls for your indwelling, and you've summoned us here tonight, each of us, for a purpose. Make us aware of whatever that debris or stuff is that you invite us to exchange, that you want to, with your raging rivers, carry away that happens in your presence. So, Lord, while we yearn for deeper personal encounter, you also make yourself present through family. And I pray right now, we pray right now in thanksgiving for my beautiful wife, this beautiful woman, Stephanie, her constant yes to you that blesses so many people, that you just anoint her mind and heart all the more, and you anoint us to be, have attentive hearts to hear what it is you want us to hear. For the glory of your name, we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good evening, all. Come on, help me out. Greg asked me when he was, we were planning this, he said, we need a female speaker. Want to do it? And I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, sure. <laughs> and then I was like, what? Because once you say yes to Greg Schleter, as many of you know, um, there's no turning back. But I am truly blessed to be here, and I pray that... Um, the Lord uses me, that I'm open to however he wants to speak through me uh, to draw you closer to him. So um, come Holy Spirit. Say it with me. Come Holy Spirit. So I usually like to start any little talk with a 
kids' story, so I'm going to pick on my daughter Grace over here that many of you know. So when Grace was a little girl, being the fifth child, Greg and I weren't quite sure if she knew that our real names were Greg and Stephanie. So, because you get to that point where you refer to each other as mom and dad, right? Right, parents? You know that. So I looked at her one day and I said, I said, Grace, do you know what mommy's real name is? And she said, yep. And I said, what is it? And she said, it's Mary. I said, Mary? It's not Mary. She said, yep, it's Mary. I said, it's Stephanie. She said, no, it's Mary, the mother of grace. Thank you. Okay. Help me out. Okay. So may we become more and more like Mary and be mistaken for her sometimes in our life as she was the first and greatest disciple. So with that, I have to say that I love Our Lady so much. And I've been blessed to have a relationship with her since I was a little girl, which I think, as I reflected back on this, it was because of my grandmother, whose answer to everything, whether you were afraid or worried or excited or grateful, was pray a Hail Mary, pray a Hail Mary, pray a Hail Mary. And what beautiful wisdom, right? So it started there with my grandmother, and I think back and remember as a little child um, belonging to a church in Erie, Pennsylvania, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, and going and lighting a candle after every Mass in front of a statue of Our Lady of Fatima. I remember in grade school being blessed to be educated by some very holy nuns who made it their mission to make sure you knew every apparition that Our Lady that Our Lady shared with us as her children in drawing us closer to her son. So I look back at that with great gratitude and realize, too, that not everybody has that. And I had the extra, I say, blessing that the idea of a heavenly mother was not foreign to me, having lost my own earthly mother as a young child. So I actually felt it was kind of cool that I had two moms in heaven. So... And I just was always drawn to that. But I think, too, especially as Catholic Christians, we have so many beautiful Marian hymns and beautiful statues of Our Lady and a beautiful theology of Mary that it's very easy to get lost in the loftiness and the folded hands and the head tilted ever so slightly in those beautiful statues And lose sight of the fact that Mary is a real deal person. The person of Mary. The gift, the great gift of our Lord Jesus Christ from the cross. Giving us his mother. Asking us to take her into our homes. Yes, our physical homes through beautiful devotions. But also the homes of our hearts. And so if you, for whatever reason, struggle with the relationship with Mary, I pray that you'll be open tonight to allow her to accompany us to her son, Christ. And as we journey with Mary through the joyful mysteries, as Greg talked about, let's keep in mind this awesome truth that everything, each event that happens, that happened, is for us. It is for you personally, 
by name. Everything happened in salvation history because God loves you personally. As Father Ricardo likes to say, love gets involved. And you don't get more involved than that. And you don't get more involved than that. And we are so blessed to celebrate that tonight. So Mary, as I said, was the first and greatest disciple. And as she experienced the very first advent, without presents for Christmas, over 2,000 years ago, her advent lasted nine months. And so in the quiet of her womb, she grew Christ. She had that beautiful, holy waiting. And we ask her intercession for us this Advent, for Christ to do the same in us, and in a particular way in each of our families. That we allow Christ to grow quietly there. So let us look to the second joyful mystery, the visitation. Thereupon, Mary set out, proceeding in haste into the hill country to a town of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and cried out in a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The moment your greeting sounded in my ears, the baby leapt in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who trusted that the Lord's words to her would be fulfilled. Then Mary said, My being proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit finds joy in God my Savior. For he has looked upon his servant in her lowliness. All ages to come shall call me blessed. God, who is mighty, has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy is from age to age on those who fear him. He has shown might with his arm. He has confused the proud in their inmost thoughts. He has deposed the mighty from their thrones and raised the lowly to high places. The hungry he has given every good thing, while the rich he has sent away empty. He has upheld Israel, his servant, ever mindful of his mercy. Even as he promised our fathers, promised Abraham and his descendants forever. Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned home. So I'd like to highlight four words in this little reflection tonight. And They all begin with P to help you remember. Promptness, presence, proclamation, and provision. So promptness, the first one. We hear that Mary goes in haste. The one who had just received the angel's message of the Messiah's coming now becomes the first human messenger of the good news without any hesitation. She was obedient to God's prompting. What an incredible example to us. 
that whatever God says, whatever he calls us to, whether we feel it or not, that we're called to act in haste. And let's remember as we think about this mystery of the visitation, it's so easy for us this many years later to just kind of, you know, go through it quickly, but that it wasn't like the next subdivision, you know, down the street. It was about 80 miles from Nazareth um, to Judah, a hilly little traveling jaunt there. So it had probably been three or four days on foot. So not just some small thing. And yet Mary, the mother of God, was willing to sacrifice. She had prompt obedience. She had a prompt desire to help. But also in that promptness was a beautiful eagerness to point to the joy and wonder of what the Lord was doing. I love the story of Cardinal Ratzinger, whom we know as Pope Benedict XVI, and when his very dear friend, John Paul II, passed, he gave the homily at his funeral. And one of the lines that he said about JP2 was that Carol Waitia always went where the Lord asked him to go. He always went where the Lord asked him to go. And so as the cardinals gathered in their conclave to elect the new pope, Cardinal Ratzinger had hoped that he could spend the rest of his years of priesthood in reading and writing and praying. And yet, as it was becoming more and more clear that he was the one to be chosen as the next pope and had great worry and hesitation, one of his brother cardinals slid him a little note that said, you too must follow. And so, of course, he obediently, in haste, accepted that. And so in our marriages and families, are we prompt in responding to what we are being called to, to grow in virtue, to receive that perpetual retreat that the Lord is trying to form us in, in all the ways that only marriage and family life can do? The second P, presence versus distance. Many of us have experienced the great tragedy of distance, right, during this COVID time. Heartbreaking stories, I think we all have, of what it's done to different people. Presence is so important. And Mary knew that even back then. I think even if social media was available, she wouldn't have done a text. She wouldn't have posted on Facebook. She wouldn't have called a Zoom call. But she went to be present, real connection, real intimacy. And the visitation highlights the importance of that. I think in particular in families, there's always that struggle, right? That tension um, with digital divisiveness in our devices, with living in silos in the same house, without not wanting, you know, picking our battles and so kind of avoiding. But we are called to be present to each other, for it's in that presence that we can reclaim where Jesus dwells, where we can bring him to each other, to be eyeball to eyeball, to just get in there with each other. We know as our family, our three oldest are in different parts of the country right now, and there's nothing, no matter how many times we connect on the phone, of being together real presence. Let's reclaim that in our families. So promptness, presence, 
proclamation. Mary's greeting, at Mary's greeting, the baby, John the Baptist, leaps in St. Elizabeth's womb. Leaps. John is acknowledging Christ, just like he did at the Jordan many years later, pointing and saying, behold, the Lamb of God. He's acknowledging, he's proclaiming um, that that is Christ. There's a beautiful quote by Fulton Sheen, who says, one of the most beautiful moments in history was when pregnancy met pregnancy, when child bearers became the first heralds of the King of Kings. Isn't that beautiful? And so at Mary's greeting, John the Baptist leaps in the womb. It says Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she didn't just softly, you know, say anything. But scripture says she cried out in a loud voice. She proclaims it. And she responds with these words that are so familiar to us in the Hail Mary. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruits of your womb. And Mary, instead of like taking that all and being like, yep, yep, what does she do? We have the beautiful prayer of the Magnificat. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She gives the glory all back to God. She doesn't dismiss the importance of her mission and her calling, but she gives the praise where it is due. And so the first part of that is all giving God the glory, that beautiful praise. And then the second part, she moves from what the Lord has done for her personally to what the Lord is is doing and will continue to do for Israel, the chosen people, the church, us. So she sees it all around her. The visitation in that exchange gives us a beautiful example of what it means to validate We need in our marriages and families validators to truly call out our identity as sons and daughters of God. That we are created in his image and likeness. We know the power of words. We know how they can hurt deeply. We know how they can uplift. We are called to be blessers, to speak words of life. And yet, why is it that in family life in particular, it's so easy to do the opposite? How difficult it is in family life. Elizabeth calls out Mary's identity as mother of my Lord. John calls out the identity of the Savior in Mary's womb. We need to to be more faithful in calling out our identity as children of God, as brothers and sisters in Christ and realize the power of words and how that can just build up a culture of life. I love the scripture, Revelation 12, 11. They defeated the enemy, and we know the enemy is attacking a culture of life. They defeated the enemy by the blood of the lamb, our beautiful sacrifice of the mass, and by words of their testimony. Are we willing in our families to call out words of life, to call out what the Lord is doing for each of us, to give others permission to do the same, to make our homes truly domestic churches. And that is difficult. And again, we call on Mary. I love the title, Spouse of the Holy Spirit. Peter talked last week about Mary being overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. 
She wants to help us bring Christ about in every aspect of our ordinary lives. How we act, how we react, all of our thoughts, all of our words, all of our actions, that the Holy Spirit may overshadow us. So promptness, presence, proclamation, and the fourth one, provision. Literally means for vision. Do we have a vision for what the Lord is calling us to? Do we have a plan? Do we realize that what God calls us to, he provides for? It's so easy to hear different CDs or watch different videos on the internet and, you know, listen to different podcasts and subscribe to different devotionals. And we have all these tools to draw closer to the Lord, to build up marriages and family. And yet, do we act upon it? Do we activate what the Holy Spirit desires to do in our lives? We need to choose to make it happen. We need to live it. We need to activate it. So in closing, I'm going to share one more story. Um, A few years ago, our family was at the March for Life. And... um, I think it was Bishop Thomas's first time with us, and he was very deliberate in wanting the Diocese of Toledo participants to march together. And so part of doing that was to pray the, all of the decades of the rosary together. And so Peter Range, our beloved Peter Range, um, had asked different people to lead different decades. So I begin to lead the first luminous mystery, which is the baptism of the Lord, with our diocesan marchers and they hand you a micro or a megaphone, you know, so that your voice can go out and be the leader. And so as we're, as I'm praying this, as we're marching, everyone is facing forward. You know, there's thousands and thousands of people. And all of a sudden in this vast crowd, I see this head completely turn around and I see that it's my brother, Martin, that I haven't seen in years. And so it was kind of hard because I'm leading the decade. (laughs) I could be like, yeah, Martin, look behind you. Because you don't know where the voice is coming from, right? And so I continue. I'm trying to stay focused. Okay, our father. And Martin's head goes around again. And so I'm getting a little bit frustrated that I can't connect with him. And I, you know, kind of lose sight of him after a while. He drifted off, apparently. And part of me was so sad because I hadn't seen him in so long. And then I remembered that when we were college students together, that there was a spot that we would always meet at if anyone got lost in D.C. at one of the congressional buildings on the corner. And so, lo and behold, as we came up to the congressional building, there was Martin waiting for me. And I share that story to highlight the fact that Mary, our beautiful blessed mother, loves to bring her children together. She loves to connect us She loves to be there for us and with us. She loves to help us in this journey of life where we desire to draw closer to her son. And so we just proclaim that family is God's revelation to a world, as we know just by looking around, starving to know him. Through Mary's example and her gracious intercession, May our hearts and minds be awakened to the fullness of living our nature as JP2 exhorts to become who we are. Our Lady of the New Advent, pray for us. Thank you. Isn't she amazing?
So we're going to shift from this proclamation, and we began tonight acknowledging that each of us have stuff, that God wants to exchange the lesser for the greater. And our blessed mother Mary, as Augustine said, she conceived him in her heart before she conceived him in her womb. And we now have that powerful proclamation of the one through whom Jesus chose. What an odd way to save the world, but through humanity. And how many of us, were it not for the testimony of a dad or a mom or a brother and sister, we would not know about Jesus. God anointed and appointed people in our lives, human beings, to be the means through which his salvation is proclaimed. If we don't see that in the book of Acts or throughout Scripture, understand God chooses to work through human and material instrumentality, those the scripture, the holy word of God that is the story of our nature and our mission. So on that point of the word of God, which is so powerful, like you, maybe some of us uh, don't read scripture enough, but it is literally the word of God. St. Jerome would literally chew the word, the pages, believing that ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ, that he wanted to chew physically, and he had such a love for scripture. And the next question maybe for us is we desire to know our Savior desires intimacy. That's what it's about. We come seeking intimacy, and God is the supply. And we read Scripture which communicates that truth of God's nature. And we should be particularly attentive to those passages. Some stand out more than others. And there's one passage that says, it's in fact John 6, where Jesus says, verily, verily, listen up, listen up. I say unto you, unless you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you have no life within you. And if you read the scripture itself, you can see that a whole lot of folks left him. It happened to be John chapter 6, verse 66, 666. Probably not inconsequential. Many left him because this was a hard teaching for them to embrace. And Jesus didn't come back and say, well, let me give you a little metaphorical, you know, analogical insight to this. No, he let it stand. And even those who stayed, the apostles as we know them, didn't quite get the logic. It didn't make sense to them. But at least they said, where are we to go, Lord? You have the words of everlasting life. So I encourage you in this day of great uh, accessibility to uh, truth, to history, to teaching, I encourage you to Google early church and Eucharist or early church in John 6. Look to see what they understood what Jesus meant in John 6. It's unequivocal. There's no contest. There's no sides. For centuries and centuries, they believed the saints, the first Didache, the first uh, catechism, which was written in 66 AD, they understood that this is the very body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. In fact, it wasn't even questioned until um, after the first 1,500 years of the church. So number one, to those of us who believe this or profess it, have we lost a sense of the reverence in God among us in his power? Maybe we need to have that reawakening tonight, and we need to be aware that he's truly with us. And to read even, if you will Google, as I said last week, Google Eucharist and miracle. You will see throughout the centuries innumerable miracles associated with this. I say to all of us, and I I put my hand in the air, do we live what we profess? 
God so much wants to dwell in our hearts and our minds. He wants it to be so much more than going through the motions or connecting the dots. He wants, he wants to newly anoint us. I know he, do, he wants that for me and he wants that for his church. Amen? So, that is a preface to say what's going to happen next is if you don't have a candle, I'm going to ask our team to hand out candles. We'd like you all to have a candle. So raise your hand if you don't have a candle and our team will bring you candles. Uh, We'd like you to come forward. So in a moment, I'm going to cue you, and we're going to light candles, and you're going to bring them forward to this structure we call a burning bush. Hearkening back to Moses and that very powerful first self-revelation of God. And these candles symbolize us. They're symbols of our lives. So you will set them wherever you'd like around this structure. And then we'll ask you to kneel for a moment where the priest will process, come forward, and take the Eucharist, which we believe is in every altar, on every earth, on every earth, this earth, throughout the world, the one sacrifice, not done again and again, the one sacrifice, we are brought back to that original sacrifice in every Mass, and the Eucharist then is placed in this monstrance again, looking like the sun, And the presider will put this monstrance, literally the word to demonstrate is the root of monstrance, will be put on top of this burning bush. And the presider will then lead an opening prayer. And then we really invite you to enter into the praise. Enter as the Spirit is here and present and wants to move through us like those rapids. We invite you in a posture that you are most moved. If you're moved to stand and hands in the air, we encourage you to do that. Maybe some of you, you want to be on your knees, however the Spirit moves you. But the key, one word is intimacy. Be aware that God, we believe, is in our midst. And he wants to penetrate our hearts and summon from us that response to him, which is a partaking of what? Eternal life with angels and saints gathered around. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, with your spirit. Let us pray to the Lord who gives himself in the Eucharist that this sacrament may bring us salvation and peace. Lord Jesus Christ, you gave us the Eucharist as the memorial of your suffering and death. May our worship of this sacrament of your body and blood help us to experience the salvation you won for us and the peace of the kingdom 
where you live with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare your living hope. Your praise is Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence, Lord. And Thank you. 
Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that you took on flesh and blood to bridge the great chasm between heaven and earth that, Lord, the centuries that they long awaited for you, Lord Jesus, and could only know through the law, through words, that pining in our hearts, that pining in our ancestors' hearts was left unmet. And in the prophets, Lord, you foretold that you take away our, our hearts of stone and replace them with hearts of flesh, that, that there would be a day that would come when you would take on flesh. Lord, that day has come. And tonight, Lord, perhaps in this very moment, some of us have professed these things, have learned these things in classes, have maybe touched certain points that affirm these truths, Lord, but you want our hearts that as we have the tabernacle that, that holds the Eucharist, the most beautiful sacrament, that you've made these hearts, these human hearts of flesh for your indwelling spirit, that, Lord, we are your tabernacles. And you invite us tonight, Lord, you've summoned us here to take away the debris and replace them with your spirit. We say, yes, God. Take away the stuff. Take away the junk. Take away all that stands in the way, Lord God, and flood us with your presence. We say yes, Lord Jesus, tonight. The word you speak in this moment, Lord, I feel is there's no room for discord in a heart filled with praise. So, Lord, with our white clenched knuckles clinging to lesser things, we release them in this moment, Lord. We release them to receive your spirit anew afresh. We want to receive that grace, Lord, alive within us. Those streams of living water, let them, let them flood us, God. Brothers and sisters, we are so blessed in this moment to be in the presence of our God and to know he just beckons for us to know his presence. Just open our hearts and minds, Lord, all the more to receive you, not just in moments that are fleeting, but in this moment to reclaim you and our very nature in you as tabernacles. We praise you, Jesus. Glory to you, Lord. Even if brothers and sisters start with just proclaiming him, Jesus, you are Lord. You're over all. I worship you. Let those words well up within you and speak it to him. I worship you, Lord. You are over all. I give it all to you, Jesus. I surrender myself. Dwell in me, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit.
this coming Sunday is the third Sunday of Advent, or Gaudete Sunday. And while all of Advent is full of joy and hope about the coming of our Savior, Gaudete Sunday is especially so. In Sunday's first reading, Isaiah tells the people that the Spirit of God is upon him because God has anointed him. In the second reading for Sunday, Paul exhorts the Thessalonians to rejoice always and to pray without ceasing. In the Gospel, John the Baptist announces that the Messiah has come. All three readings speak of joy and exaltation because the promised one is here. But how do we today reconcile our joy with all the bad things happening in the world? How do we rejoice when we still face bad news in the papers and when tragedies still strike those we know and love? Well, we're not supposed to be Pollyannas. Our joy is not supposed to be a free-floating, groundless, giggling, or frivolity. After all, when Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, they were undergoing persecution. And Isaiah was writing to break up the sadness experienced by those Jews who were returning from Babylonian exile. They had a temple to rebuild. The joy that we're called to in this Advent season is a joy that comes from the hope, the confidence that no matter how monstrous or sad the cross we are called to bear, it is in fact not the whole picture. It's only one part of a panorama. Our God is loving enough and powerful enough to use our troubles and trials to bring about a greater good, like Paul says in Romans 8.28, when he says, And we know that all things work for good to all who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Like Isaiah, like Paul, like John the Baptist, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon us because God has anointed us. He has sent us to heal the brokenhearted. It's what we're called to do. And so all of us, in the Spirit of the Lord God which is upon us, need to be present to those in our families. We need to be Jesus to our spouses our children, our parents. We need to be Christ to others, and we need to see Christ in others. In a few moments, I'm going to bring Jesus in the most blessed sacrament, body, blood, soul, and divinity, down here in front for you. Come to him. Thank him for the joys of your life, yes, but also ask him, for the grace and the strength to carry out your appointed job of being Christ to others, starting with your own families and friends. Ask him for the clarity of vision to see Christ in everyone we come in contact with every day. Ask him for the courage to stand up as a proud Catholic and defend the faith when it is assailed by those who either do not understand the church or understand it and hate it for what it is. Ask for the patience to deal with those in your family or your group of friends who do not yet hear God's call in their lives. Ask for the wisdom to know what to say to them. And for yourselves, ask for a heart that yearns for the coming of our Savior. There's no shadow, there's no shadow you won't light up. 
mountain you won't climb up coming after me You've been listening to a very special program, Ignite Radio Live, and uh, we do invite you to join us for the final week of Presents for Christmas again, December 16th, 6.30 p.m. at St. Joan of Arc. You can find out more and hear some of these wonderful programs at P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E-F-O-R-Christmas.com. Please join us in this mission. No amount is too little or too great, certainly your prayers we do humbly ask you to please help us. We have some pretty big things in store for 2021, all the more needed. So go to massimpact.us, click on the donate button. So blessed to be united with you in mission. God bless you. Yeah.